um, on your phone if you want to see what it looks like. But okay, so we're live. Now there is a little delay. So it will take okay. a couple of seconds before it pops up on Facebook. Okay. It's what I call the awkward delay. <laughs> like, are we live? Are we um, live? So uh, let's see. Nobody's watching it, so we're not live. Well, we are live, but... Oh, now we have seven people. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Ask Jess, my weekly video podcast about all things clutter. If you are on here live, give me a thumbs up. Let me know you can hear me. You know me and technology. <laughs> I am so excited, you guys, because today we have a very... We, I always say we. Today I have a very special guest. Um, this woman is one of my lifelines. Hi guys, how you doing? <laughs> so Nora is one of my lifelines. And I think, you know, when I think about the type of work that I do with professional organizing and the things that make the method that I use successful, such as having a strong community, creating practical ways that you can implement different things in your life, really being, you know, just practical, right? <laughs> practical and community-based and supportive. Um, there is so much about the way that I approach professional organizing that is the same as the way Nora approaches exercise and fitness. And so I'm going to let Nora introduce herself and tell you guys a little bit about her background. But before she does, I just want to say that for years and years and years, I struggled to find the right workout routine for me. And I think there is no industry that has more clutter in it than the fitness industry. I mean, it is chock full of conflicting advice and opinions. And for years, I struggled with all of the clutter that comes with exercise, fitness, and eating. And Nora has been a huge, huge part of me figuring out, clearing that clutter, um, and just being practical and supportive. And I am so excited that she is here. So welcome, Nora. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so Nora, you want to just tell us a little bit about your background and, um, you know, how you got to where you are today? Sure. So um, I own Her Strength Studio, which is um, a fitness studio in Latham, New York. Um, we primarily specialize in working with women. We do have a couple male clients, but we, we do specialize in working with women. Um, I started training in college, so I've been training for um, over 10 years now. Um, and uh, I really found a love of functional movement. Um exercise that like made sense when translated to real life. Um, and I also, you know, found a love for working specifically with a female anatomy. Um, and it struck me quite a few years ago, um, when I got pregnant with my first little boys so or three little boys. And when I got pregnant with my first, there really weren't very many resources for training during pregnancy. Now there was a lot of like there was like prenatal yoga and prenatal Pilates and like stretching and mobility, but there really wasn't anything for staying strong and lifting weights. And that's really what I loved. So, um, I couldn't believe how little information was out there and what information was out there was really conflicting. And so, um, I sort of made that my focus from then. So that was uh, about seven and a half years ago. Um, I really wanted to focus on like the pre postnatal, um, population. 
and helping to keep them strong and feeling capable through pregnancy and then um, postpartum. And so I started uh, a class called Pregnafit in 2014 when I was pregnant with my second. Um, and it was really, it was a, it was very focused on training women during pregnancy um, with weights, weight training, functional, um, functional weight training. So we used, you know, kettlebells, dumbbells, all different kinds of things, body weight bands. Um, and it was really like a full body workout. And then it kind of morphed into something that was more all encompassing. I have a postpartum program. Um, and then in 2018, this is almost two years ago, May 2018, I opened my own studio called Her Strength. And so we, we focus on, um, on women specifically. Um, and we train women in a way that is um, that works with their bodies as opposed to like working against. I think a lot of, and we can get into this, but a lot of training is very much about like punishing your body into submission and like having to finish every workout dripping in sweat and like dying because, you know, you have nothing left to give and we just don't really buy into that. Um, and so it's very much about like, yes, working hard, but also working smarter, um, and with your body, uh, as opposed to working against it. So that's really like, that's our philosophy at Her Strength. And I think that it's pretty unique in the fitness industry and definitely in upstate New York. Um, and, uh, we are obviously right now we're temporarily closed because all gyms are closed, which is a shame. So we currently brought our, our operation online, which has been a little bit of a steep learning curve, <laughs> but we've done it. Um, and so we're, we're currently offering, um, a lot of things online for people. We've released some free workouts as well. We have a YouTube channel. And so, um, you know, we're trying to, trying to keep up with, with helping women continuously, but still online. So we'll definitely drop all of the links so you guys can follow Nora if you're interested. Nora, can you explain, and I know it sounds self-explanatory, but I didn't really get this until I started working out with you. What is functional movement? So functional movement is definitely like a term that's thrown around a lot, like a lot, um, particularly in the CrossFit world, they use like functional strength, um, a lot. And to me, like doing a barbell snatch is like not necessarily like a functional movement. So the way that we define functional movement, um, is something that can make your life easier. Like everything that you do on a daily basis, um, it makes it a lot easier for you. So for example, to keep it really simplistic, like a squat will make, sitting a lot easier. It will make standing up out of a chair a lot easier. Deadlifting will make things um, easier to pick up and you'll know mechanically how to pick up. And if you constantly are practicing a proper way of picking something up, you're going to be less likely to injure yourself and you're going to be able to pick up a heck of a lot more. Um, and that goes for the same for upper body exercises, pushing and pulling and a lot of functional core exercises. So, you know, carrying something on one side that's significantly heavier on one side, that's an um, anti-lateral flexion core exercise. And so these are things that can be applied to your real life as opposed to doing like a hundred crunches a day because you think that's going to give you a six pack. Like, spoiler alert, it's, it's not, but it's also <laughs> not for functional because, like, yeah, maybe you sit up like this, like, maybe once or twice a day. But what are you constantly doing? So we want to make kind of life feel easier. We want to make simple things like walking and running and, um, you know, stepping to the side to pick something up or moving quickly. We want to make those things easier um, and 
reduce the likelihood of you getting injured. So that's really what I'm So like basically I can unload my dishwasher much more safely now because I've been working out with Nora and like that's no joke. Like there is a movement I do when I like unload the dishwasher that I can tell it's the exact movement that Nora has me do correctly in the studio. It's like yeah, and it, it's practice. It's practice. <laughs> and it sounds really simplistic, but it's like people and in like in most cases hurt themselves doing like really stupid things like oh I bent over to pick up like a tissue or like oh I I was like reaching for this box and I tweaked my back like well that shouldn't happen especially when you're like you know under 80 years old those are things (laughs) that like you should know how to do and your body should know how to activate the certain like the right muscles but if you're not using them um, you know, functionally, and your body doesn't recognize that movement, it doesn't recognize that the neural pathway, then it's it's just not going to do it in the right sequence. And so it just, yeah. Makes All right, sense. talk about the neural pathway. That was another thing that was totally new to me when I started working with you. <laughs> so, um, so basically, like if, um, so neural pathways are essentially like the way that we access certain information. Um, and it's, it's one of the ways our, our body will access movement. So like, for example, if you're used to doing something on a regular basis, then your body will strengthen that neural pathway. And so you can access that movement easier. Um, what tends to happen, especially in the modern world is we, we, um, weaken those, a lot of our neural pathways that we built up as children. So for example, we lose the ability to squat really deep. I mean, if you've ever seen like a baby squatting really deep, well, that's because, that's their movement pattern. That's how they're, that's how they're moving on a regular basis. Um, and so that's how their body's using it, using that movement and that, um, that pattern to strengthen those movements and to connect the dots for them movement wise. But like we lose that because we don't sit in a deep squat all the time. Um, cause we're sitting at a desk constantly. So the more that we practice, um, certain the more easily you're going to be able to access those movements when you call upon them. Um, and that's, you know, it's true too with, so we do a lot of contralateral movement contralateral movement is basically like using the right and left sides of your body together. So if I were to, like a gate pattern, so if I were to walk down the street as my left foot moves forward, my right arm moves forward. So you move like across your body with opposite sides. And so if you're good at that, your right and left hemispheres, your brain, can communicate well. And so there's a lot of movements for, for, for example, running that require contralateral movement. Um, and if you're really good at that, then that's great. And your, your core will function as like the center of that. But if it's not, then there are going to be other things that are going to be kind of almost like overwrought, like your, your back will be kind of activating, like the lower back will be activating or your hip will be throwing one leg forward because your core is not functioning correctly. So it's just about, it's about practicing certain movement patterns that are applicable to other things. So what would you say, Nora, in general, like you really advise having somebody watch you move, right? So this is like a big part. Uh, So if people are looking for a trainer, like, what are, like, three things that they should look for in a trainer? Um, so, I would say, firstly, um, some type of, like, assessment. Um, there are too many programs out there. I'm talking, like, one-on-one and group training programs um, that are very cookie-cutter. And will just take someone in and say, okay, I'm going to put you in this group of 40 people. Or I'm going to see one-on-one. I'm just going to put you through a workout. So, to me, that's not, that, that's not wise. 
Um, and it's not something that's going to help that person. It's really just going to, it's going to hinder them because I don't, I need to see how someone moves and I need to see, you know, why they're moving that way, check out the compensation patterns, um, and kind of check their tendencies, talk about their injuries, talk about their past, um, and their goals. And if you have a great trainer who is responsible about their duties, then they're going to actually give you that full assessment prior to putting you into a program. Um, to me, it's like, it's unethical really to me, um, to put someone into a group program without ever like having a conversation with them first, you know, that involved me asking them and then, and then watching them move. That's really important. So an assessment, some type of assessment, um, the functional movement screen called FMS is like a really, it's a, it's a pretty good one. Um, and so there are people who are FMS certified who will put you through certain movement patterns, um, to check your, your stability and your, um, your single leg movement and your core strength and that kind of thing. So that's a good one. Um, so some way to be assessed is number one for sure. Um, and also the ability to do an individualized program. So although we do group training at Her Strength, our classes are capped at 12, um, and every person is doing something like slightly different from another person, which seems like a lot of work for a group training program, but in actuality, it's, it's not really that bad because we know our clients. Um, and so, you know, we can have, we could see four different groups of, you know, 12 people in one day or five actually. Um, but because we know those people, we know their progressions, we know what their, you know, we know what their goals are and we know where to put them, um, on that, you know, sort of movement continuum. So we might have someone who's doing like a very basic low impact hinge versus someone who's doing something that's more high, high impact. So the ability to individualize programs even if it's group, is, is definitely number two um, in looking for a trainer. Because if someone's going to put you into a cookie-cutter program, then, like, frankly, they don't really care about what your goals are. And, you know, that's not going to be serving you and your goals. Um, and then also, you know, someone who is open to communication, I think, rather than just, like, seeing you at the gym and then, like, never seeing you again, I think, like, having a relationship with your trainer is really important to be able to kind of give and take because it's service at the end of the day, you know, and, and if your trainer really truly cares about your, you know, your progress and uh, how you're feeling and giving you things to do that you enjoy, then, you know, that's, that's a sign of a good trainer. Well, and I also like in working with you, there are times that I show up and I'm like, listen, my life is so stressful right now. My kids are sick. Like I am just totally maxed out. And Nora's like, all right, we're going to like chill out today. We're going to stretch. We're going to just, you know, because she'll reinforce the idea that when you're stressed, stressing your body is not going to help you. Right. Yeah. So like that kind of communication, it has been so key to me being able to stick with your programs for so well. And now I've been, I've been with you for about a year and a half now, which is the longest I have ever trained with anyone in my entire life, like <laughs> by about 15 months. <laughs> so I mean, so actually, that's another thing that I love about you, Nora, is you really talk about how stress, like it's all connected, right? Like all clutter is connected, all stress is connected. So if you're experiencing stress in your life, is it really the best idea to be stressing yourself out in the gym? Right. Maybe you can talk to that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like, for example, there's a lot of trends right now that are um, revolving around kind of like high intensity exercise. And it, it basically revolves around the idea that if 
you know, if you push yourself then, and if you're sweating more, if you're working harder, then you're burning more calories, which is going to make you smaller or thinner or take up less space, which is like, seems to be kind of the overarching messaging of the fitness industry, even if it's not necessarily the goals of the client. Um, the problem with this really, I mean, is, and it's not that I have a problem with high intensity training because I think that it has a time and a place, but you, you can't be taxing your body that hard, um, you know, six, seven days a week. And frankly, probably not more than like two days a week. Um, you know, stress is stress is stress. Like, like our body perceives physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress in the same way. So there really is like a time and a place for you to do high intensity exercise. But for the vast majority of us, like who are in living in the modern world and are already stressed, you know, we don't need that kind of exercise. We need to be stronger, which is going to allow us to, to build strength in, in a way that is sustainable as opposed to, you know, beating the crap out of ourselves for, you know, by like doing a hundred burpees. Like what's, what, where's that going to get you? Chances are that's going to lead to an injury. Um, and you know, on that note, because stress is stress is stress, you're so much more likely to get injured, um, you know, when you are overtaxing your body in, you know, more ways than one, you know, emotionally, physically, uh, mentally. So, and, you know, especially right now, it's super relevant because everyone is super paranoid about getting sick. And frankly, if you're going to be overstressing your body in the gym because you're, you know, you're punishing yourself for the bag of chips that you ate yesterday. Well, you know, doing an hour of high intensity exercise where you're dripping sweat and then you feel terrible for the rest of the day, that's actually going to damage your immune system. It's going to, it's going to compromise it. And so, you know, it's about, it's about moving your body in a way that's more nourishing to your body as opposed to trying to like fight against it and add, add more stress to it. And this is just such a mentality that you never, ever, ever hear anyone talk about, ever. Like, it's all about punishment, extra stress. Yeah, and it's sort of getting, it's like a, a lot of times it's, it's like, a, it's a numbers game. So m many gyms and many trainers are trying to get their clients in, you know, five, six, seven days a week. And we really don't see a lot of, most of our clients more than two or three times a week. Um our most popular, popular like monthly class membership is 12 classes a month. So it's like roughly three classes a week. Um, because we really believe in giving people the days to rest and recover. Cause if you don't get the recovery days, um, and you're not eating properly to help your body to recover, you're never going to make any progress. You know, you're, you're going to just keep taxing your body over and over again. And it, it's never going to get a chance to actually just like, you know, build that muscle. Right. Right. So what are some exercises or some activities that you would recommend people doing right now to deal with the stress of life? Like what, like what movement would you say is a thing that you would recommend right now? So first and foremost, like no doubt in my mind, and this is what I start with, with everyone is, um, checking in with your breath. So, and it's like totally underrated and people are like, what do you mean breathing? Like, I don't want to breathe. Well, okay, <laughs> that's fine. But like, just trust me on this. Checking in with your breath is really important. Um, what I'm doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what can happen a lot of times is, um, you know, you get stuck in this sort of like, 
um, you know, this shallow breathing that is actually putting your body into, it's keeping it in the sympathetic nervous system, which is like your fight or flight mode. Um, and if you're not utilizing your diaphragm, if you're not able to take really deep breaths, utilizing your diaphragm, which is a, a deeper, lower breath, um, then you, you, you're, you're constantly in this like minor panic, which is like insane. So if you actually try to focus a little bit on your breath first and check in, okay, where am I breathing? Where is my breath going into first? Am I able to, am I only feeling like, you know, is my chest and my shoulders rising and falling as I'm breathing, which would indicate a little bit of a more shallow breath? Um, or am I able to use my belly and expand my belly with the inhale and then just gently narrow the torso with the exhale? Um, and you can do this seated. You can do it laying down. Sometimes it's helpful to lay on your stomach. It's called crocodile breathing um, because it actually gives you like some feedback from the floor. So if your stomach's against the floor and you're feeling your stomach kind of like lifting and lowering your body a little bit with the inhale, exhale, it can give you some good feedback. Um, if you can stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, that will actually like lower down the tone of your nervous system. So it can actually like help you to reduce stress in general. Um, I definitely know quite a few counselors who use diaphragmatic breathing as um, a tool to help their patients and clients with anxiety. All right, and so I, hold on. Let's connect this to clutter really quickly. If you are in your house and you have clutter and it is making you feel stressed, this is a strategy that you can use to deal with your clutter every single day, right? All clutter is connected. <laughs> It, it, it absolutely is. Absolutely. Is. I, I'm definitely like, I use diaphragmatic breathing when I'm falling asleep at night. If I'm laying awake there and I'm, everything's, you know, going through my head and I can't relax. I'm like, okay, focus on the breath, focus on breathing, like primarily through the nose. That's ideal to breathe through your nose um, and try to lengthen your exhale. So like, yes, nice deep inhale, but nice, slow, long exhale is what stimulates your rest and digest. That actually like tells your body like everything's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Um, and just kind of like, because I know a lot of people who just have lost the ability to access their diaphragm in that way, um, which is like so insane because the diaphragm is the largest breathing muscle that we have. Um, and so, so it's like your, your diaphragm will, um, will lower and allow the lungs to fill with air, um, on your inhale. So if you're properly Which using it. Which seems to be super healthy this time when we're trying to avoid getting a respiratory illness, right? Exactly. And, and really even going out in public, and I'm, some people might have seen this already, but breathing through your nose um, is actually, it, it, because there's that filtration system that's already in your nose, it, you're less likely to catch something that's in the air if you're breathing through your nose versus breathing through your mouth. So that's interesting too. I always like make a noise myself, like breathe through your nose, breathe through your nose. So if it's possible, it's great to do that. So that's definitely the first thing is take just like, you know, three, four, five minutes and just focus on your breath and see if you can breathe in different ways. There's no wrong way to breathe. I would never say that. It's just like, can you breathe in different ways? Can you send your breath all the way down to your pelvic floor. So can you send it all the way down to the bottom of your torso? Can you do that? If you can't, it's just, again, it's practicing. It's, it's, it's strengthening the neural pathway for your breathing. Can you access your diaphragm? If you can, another breathe? neural pathway. <laughs> exactly. So, you know that, and then definitely, um, practicing contralateral movement is really helpful. So, um, one of the things that we work on a lot with clients is crawling. 
So it, again, it might seem very simplistic, but it's really important in connecting your core to the rest of your body. Like if you're, if you have good control over your spine, which is the definition of core strength, like that's why we want a strong core to control your spine. Then every movement that comes from your, um, your extremities is going to be better. It's going to be more efficient. So crawling is a great way to kind of connect the X of your body. Say like your body connects like an X. So from your left shoulder down to your right hip and your right shoulder down to your left hip, your body is connected that way. Um, so if you come onto your hands and knees um, and you just like kind of put your hands right under your shoulders, knees right underneath your hips. And if you rock your hips back towards your heels and then rock forward again and just like kind of focus on your breathing there. And then when you feel ready, just keeping your knees right on the floor opposite knee and hands go forward at the same time so you're just crawling it's 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 called a quadruped or like a baby crawl um or like hands and knees crawl whatever you want to call it um and work on kind of focusing on landing the opposite hand and knee on the floor at the same time this is much harder than it sounds i'm just gonna say (laughs) and there's like a million different ways to progress all this stuff too like i just want to keep it really basic for people because you know, if I say, like, hey, go do 20 kettlebell swings, like, the vast majority of people are going to be like, what are you talking about? No, this is totally – so, when also, when you're decluttering your house, you tend to, like, start moving in different ways. You're reaching for stuff. You're pulling stuff out from under the bed. You're, you know, there's piles of things that could fall on you. It actually is somewhat hazardous. So, these yeah. really basic things can totally help you, number yeah. one, reduce your stress, and number two – just be able to reach and grab and pull and haul bags. I mean, this is this is the idea behind functional movement. This is what yeah. you need to do to function. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so much simpler than and then, you know, the fitness industry makes it sound. Yeah. And frankly, like, you know, if you can do the basics really well and you can practice the basics and you can feel like you've mastered them, then and and then and only then can you move on to the other stuff. Like I would never recommend someone you know go bang out like I said like 20 burpees for the sake of burning the calories like what are we doing that's not how your body works like it's not calorie in calorie out it's how your body is using the nutrients that you're pulling putting in it you know if you eat uh you know a 250 calorie cupcake and you go run five miles even if your watch tells you you just burn 250 calories like you still ate the cupcake and the the effects of the cupcake are you know still there in your body which again it's it's fine like eat the coffee who cares but it's a matter of just like putting things into perspective like it's not calorie in calorie out it's not a matter of like you know I'm exercising for the sake of exercising I mean you might as well just go like jump on your head like why wouldn't you do exercise like that well that's stupid okay well where do we draw the line like what should we (laughs) prioritize and it really is like good movement better movement because if you can move better you're going to prevent injury your life's going to be a heck of a lot easier and you're going to feel way better years from now, which is really the most important thing is like longevity. Like it's one thing to look great in a swimsuit this summer. And it's another thing to feel great when you're 85, 95 years old. That's you know? so, that's so true. That is so 100% true. Mm-hmm. I love this. So you guys, we can take some questions. Um, if you have questions, I'm going to scroll back through the comments here. Cause there were a couple of questions. And just how about some hearts for Nora? Because she's freaking awesome. Nobody is telling you the stuff that Nora is telling you, right? And like, this is what we need to hear. Don't go kill yourself. Don't stress your body out more. 
Give yourself the tools to be able to deal with the stuff that's right in front of you every single day, right? So show me some love. Show Nora some love if this is resonating with you. Um, and let's see. We had a couple of questions here. Um, do you address sciatica? So yes and no. Um, sciatica is something that I would definitely recommend seeing like a chiropractor um, or a physical therapist for to kind of figure out because um, sciatica tends to be like a blanket term. So it's like, oh, I have sciatica. It's literally just like a blanket term for like, like lower back pain that, you know, might be like in the middle or to the side or whatever. Um, and a lot of times sciatica can be, um, it can be remedied by getting stronger. So absolutely. I think, I think the main thing here is the ability to be able to personalize a program for someone and cater to, you know, some pain that they might be having and to kind of address it. That's like the most important thing. So we can absolutely work with someone who has um, sciatica and we have, you know, enough knowledge of the human body, but I'm definitely not like a, I can do all the things type person. I like, I have a lot of trusted health professionals that we refer to, you know, including nutritionists, including chiropractors and physical therapists. And so we love to refer out to the, to our favorite experts, um, in the area if there are, if there is pain. So Lana says declutter your, your body and mind will help you declutter your home. That's right. Everything is connected, and I'm realizing that more and more every single day, which is why Nora has been such a, an integral part of my personal journey is because she helps me deal with my clutter at home, my stress clutter, my physical clutter, like literally the physically picking it up, but also just dealing with life is huge. Um, let's see. So Heather says, I was following a beach body program, but the calendar is too full. Two workouts a day. Two workouts a day? Woo. Oh. <laughs> I actually slacked last year. I felt bad about slacking, but I was having an allergic reaction at work. So maybe it's good I wasn't stressing out my body. Oh, goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely times where, you know, I've had clients who, you know, if they've had like a traumatic event happen or they have this like, you know, sickness that they can't kick or you know, or, or, you know, they're a new mom or something like that, or yeah, something's going on internally that, you know, you don't, you can't put your finger on, or you don't know exactly what's going on. Absolutely not stressing your body is so important. And also two workouts a day. No. And also beach body. Also, I'm going to say make a lot of angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard because again, like we're looking at a cookie cutter routine where it's like, okay, yeah, you, you do, you know, these like lunge jumps and I've seen the programs. I know what they're like. And frankly, like if someone can't do like a static lunge with like really good form, they certainly shouldn't be lunge jumping. So again, like this whole beach body concept is like, let's lose weight and get fit and healthy. And it's like, okay, that's good. But does it always have to be about losing weight? Or does it mean that if we're more in tune with our body, and we're able to move intuitively and eat intuitively, which takes some work? In, in most people's cases, it takes a lot of work to do those things, then like overall, your body's going to feel better, you know? So, um, yeah, that's my issue with cookie cutter programs like that. So two workouts a day is probably not good for your body because it's stressing you out too much. <laughs> um, so Amy says, and this is a good story about decluttering, not a good story. Sorry, Amy, this is a terrible story about decluttering, but 
Last year, way before Jess, I started to declutter and in three days wound up with a huge herniated disc and cervical uh, radical, I can't even pronounce this, radical pathy in my neck requiring an anterior cervical discectomy and fusion. That's a good reason to practice functional movements, right? Oh, no. You so, I know. Amy, well, Amy's, Amy's one of our clutter bosses, and she's been through a lot. But this is a good example of how basic functional movement can help you declutter your house. <laughs> but we love you, Amy. Sending you lots of love. I'm glad that you're on a different path right now and decluttering in a safe way. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Absolutely. Candy says, yeah. I exercise as much for my mental health as I do for my physical. It's a natural antidepressant for me. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. We just have to be like, you know, a little like careful about that kind of stuff because I think I definitely know some people who felt like they needed to work out. Um, and although like it's great to work out and it's healthy, we just have to like check in with like, am I in like a healthy habit? And am, am I able to say, you know what, today's maybe not the day to work out if you didn't sleep well or you wake up feeling run down or you're very sore. Like those are kind of signals from the body to say like, you know what, it's time for me to like just take a day off. It just it, checking in with yourself to say, can I, could I take a day off if I needed it? Um, if I knew in myself that I needed that, like, can you do that? Then yes, great. That's awesome. Yeah. I love just like when you start to clear clutter around your fitness, around your house, around everything, you do realize that those mental health days are so critically important. You can't do everything every single day and you can't do a huge amount in one day and expect to sustain that the next day. And so that's yeah. why when you bring, you have the whole thing kind of come together, it's like magic. Yeah. It's like countercultural too, because like we're told, and especially women are like, we have to do all the things all the time or like we're an epic failure. And I think I'm, I'm for sure guilty of that, you know, like running my own business and like having three kids and like doing all the things that I do and like keeping fit myself. It's like, there's a lot of pressure, you know, to do all the things at once, but in actuality, just to like sit and try to decompress every once in a while, like when you feel like you need it is just as important as doing all the things. Totally. Totally. Can you, Nora, one more thing that I just thought about that you said to me once that really stuck, struck with, stuck with me. So you made a point once that most workouts are created for men's bodies and not women's bodies. This is a little off topic. Well, I mean, it's totally on topic, but not like in our same train of thought here. But can you just kind of talk to, to that quickly <laughs> before we yeah. wrap up here? There's a lot um, about this. Actually, uh, I'll, I'll refer to um, Dr. Stacey Sims. Um, she has a book called Roar. And it's essentially the concept that like you to work out kind of um, in tandem with your female anatomy is like really important. And that comes to like, there's a lot of different reasons for this, but like firstly that women are more prone to certain injuries than men are, um, especially women who have had children. Um, we are also more, more prone to like joint injuries, um, ACL tears, all that kind of stuff because we're built a little bit differently. Um, and also, you know, that we, we just need different things, especially when it comes to strengthening our core and our lower back, because the way that our body is built is just, it's just different physically than men. And traditionally the fitness industry has been just dominated by men. Um, and you know, so we are, are following suit with that. Um, and, and then, you know, finally really it has to do with, um, bone density. I mean, women are just, are like, I think 
10 times as likely to get osteoporosis as men are. And so for us to really focus on strength training and not like a whole lot of cardio and hit is like really important. Or if you are an athlete, you're a triathlete, you're a runner, you're a distance runner, that's what drives you. That's great. But you really have to make sure that you're complementing that with strength training because we're just so much more likely to get these stress fractures. Um, and also for women who are cycling, um, you know, we still have our menstrual cycle, uh, and especially in the childbearing years, it's very important to work with your cycle and work with your hormone surges. Um, and it's not necessarily what you think. So, um, Dr. Stacey Sims, her book Roar is excellent and it really addresses kind of all of these, um, ideas of like how your hormones can really help you and work in your favor. Um, women are actually better at endurance sports than men are. Um, but like, again, like I said, we need sort of different attention to different things. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of like it in a nutshell. <laughs> it's all fascinating, right? I mean, it's all so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. There's always something to learn, which is what I love. Like that's what I love the most about what I do is like, I'm always learning and I always want to take in more information and just give, my clients and like whoever is following me, like the best product that I could possibly deliver to them. So Nora's awesome. Um, we're going to wrap up because we're kind of coming to the end of our, well, we're over 30 minutes, which is okay. <laughs> uh, Cause she's awesome. I will make sure that in the comments to this, we link to everywhere that you can find Nora, but just in general, her business is called her strength. She's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. Her website is herstrength.studio. Um, She's just an awesome, inspiring. All right, hold on one second. We got one more question. <laughs> what about if you are postmenopausal? Do you work out differently? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Prioritizing strength training is really important postmenopausally. But but um, if you have never strength trained before, it's really important that you work with a trainer who understands how to like how to properly scale from you know, being very basic to something that is, you know, um, that is more complicated, um, really, really important postmenopausally because women who are, I think it's like women who are over 55 are like the highest likelihood of like lower back injuries. Um, and that's, you know, when, it, when they start strength training. So it's like crazy, you either deal with it now or you deal with it later, but to prevent that, you've got to be able to scale. So like start basic um, start with someone who's super knowledgeable, um, and then kind of progress from there. So Dora, can you say one more time the, that, um, the certification that you would recommend looking for when you're looking for a personal trainer? So the certification is, there's a bunch of different ones. I mean, it, it's very much about like continuing education. I'd say that's the most important thing is like, what was the most recent continuing education certification or course that your trainer has taken? Because a lot of trainers just get certified. Like I got certified 10 years ago and I could easily still be practicing even if I hadn't done anything since then. I could be working on, and I know plenty of trainers who work on knowledge from like 30, 40 years ago, which is absolutely insane. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't work with an accountant who had knowledge of the IRS from <laughs> You know, IRS laws and regulations. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> right? Well, it's the same idea, right? So you have to have someone who understands current knowledge um, and is, is actively trying to keep up their, you know, their, their knowledge base. It's really important. All right. That's really good to know. And Nora goes and gets, like, new certifications constantly and is always going to educate herself and mm -hmm. blows me away with her knowledge. Like, oh, she just, like, drops these things into our conversation where I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
I'm glad you find it fascinating. My husband. I do. I'm like, wow, she really does know what she's talking about. <laughs> All right. So you guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. The podcast lives on YouTube. There is a playlist there. This is episode number 15. We are going to have more guest speakers um, because people are home and it's all clutter. So anytime that I can bring you a resource to deal with your clutter and look at it from a different way, like how to functionally grab bags and carry them out to the garbage, I am going to bring that person on for you. Um, so thank you guys so much for being here. We'll drop all of the links to, to find Nora. And I, I know Nora is happy to answer any questions in the comments also after this. So Nora, thank you so, so much. Go get back to your boys. <laughs> thank you, Thanks for having me. See you guys next week.